You see, my salvation is not based upon feelings. It's not based upon circumstances. My salvation and your salvation must be based upon your faith in Jesus Christ, in the Word of God. And when Jesus says that He is the way, the truth, and the life, when He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I know the Word of God is true. I know I can trust it because it's Jesus' words Himself. And I know that I have salvation, eternal because I have called upon the name of the Lord. Sometimes we can face doubt and discouragement when it comes to our salvation. Considering how much time lately people have spent indoors, it's no surprise we are facing an epidemic of discouragement. This week, Brother Larry Treadway addresses the assurance of our salvation as he continues the sermon series entitled, Encouragement for the Journey. Well, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord today. I look forward to this day. Part of the reason is, you know, even though we're not meeting together collectively as a group, uh, we still have an opportunity to, to worship together in our own home. So uh, I just want to start, if you go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Now, I'm going to not read a passage. I'm going to take passages as I go through the sermon. But if you'll be there, I'll direct you on the particular verses that I'll be covering today. But before I do so, uh, I, I had something come to my mind this week. Uh, have you heard the phrase lately that says, we're in this together? I think you've heard that off and on so many times that, uh, you know, you say it sometimes in your, in your sleep at night. And it is really biblical. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 12 says, One can take uh, one who is alone, two can resist, but a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that's true. The more we get together, the stronger we are in the Lord. Matter of fact, it's proven in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven, and I'll heal their land. Talking about coming together and God in the midst of everything. You see... If we just come together without God, we don't have much power. But when God's in the midst, we have the power. I think that's a reason that Jesus said in John chapter 15, if you will abide in me and I in you. And that's really what we do. Now, I've been asked recently two questions that have come up time and time again. People have asked me, is this coronavirus, is it the judgment of God? And then I've also been asked, uh, is this a sign of the end times? I can tell you that God is a God of judgment just as much as he is a God of love. But I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not. You know, his ways are not my ways. Same thing about is it the end times. I know if we read Matthew 24 and 25, this looks like shadows of what he's talking about. But I can't say only God knows. But I can tell you this. If we will trust God and live for him, we don't have to worry about the things that come our way. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, you know, and that's true right there. That's the hope for today. So let's have prayer before we get into the sermon today. Our Heavenly Father, I come to you needing you in all that I do. I pray to Lord you'd open our eyes that we can see your word today, that we can open our ears, that we can hear. But most of all, God, open our hearts to receive and apply this word to our life. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Okay, I'm continuing a series on encouragement, and uh, today we're looking at encouragement for the journey. It's the second sermon that I've preached on encouragement. I want to start again by defining encouragement. Encouragement is simply an effort for extending hope, giving determination, and confidence in love. An effort of extending hope, giving determination, and confidence in love. In other words, encouragement is love in action. Now, with most people and the uncertainty that's in the world today, a lot of people's hope is on shaky ground. And um, this virus, this pandemic, as they call it, or the economic situation and the increase in domestic abuse and violence and suicides, all these things have brought a little bit of discouragement into the world and even into the lives of many of Christians as well. Now, as we begin this scripture here on the journey of encouragement, I want to take you back to the very first Easter. We just celebrated that a couple of weeks ago, but I want you to refer back to it again today in your minds and think about some of the things that happened there. I heard a preacher ask a question just the other day. He said, why did Jesus' disciples not believe in the resurrection when he kept telling them about the resurrection? And uh, I figured that out. The reason was Jesus was dead. And with them, Jesus was their hope in the physical form. When his physical body was no longer there, when he was dead, all their hope was gone. The hope that they had freedom from the Roman rule, their hope that they would have a new kingdom with a new king on the throne. There was just no longer a Jesus on the scene anymore. His body was in the tomb, just rotting away as most of our bodies would. But there was a rumor came up. And the rumor was this, it came from women. And in this day and time of history, a lot of people didn't take women's uh, voices as something sincere and honest. So they thought it was what they call babbling women. As they came and they said, we have proof that Jesus is alive. And we heard an angel that came before us to tell us that he was no longer there. Well, the rest of the disciples kind of just ruled it off. They said, that's just a rumor. It couldn't believe a couple of confused women traveling down the road. And, and uh, so we find a couple of the believers in Jesus that has left Jerusalem and they're traveling the road, a short journey, it says about a three-hour walk, down to Emmaus. And as they're journeying, they're, they've got the loss of hope. Uh, they also uh, know that they have a future of uncertainty and fear. They don't know what the next day holds for them. But right in the middle of all that discouragement comes encouragement, and it comes from a major source. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, sometimes uh, when we're down, I don't know how many times it's happened, we're so discouraged, we don't know where the next day is going to come from, what's going to happen, and we just calm down, and it's like the Lord Jesus comes right along beside us, and the encouragement comes from the Lord and His Word. So on this road to encourage, or discouragement today, I want us to take sections of the Scripture and look at different journeys or different legs of the journey as they're traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. First of all, we look at the journey of discouragement. The first leg of the journey, Highway 1, I've called it, is the highway of doubt. It's in verses 10 and 11. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, the Mary and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles. 
And these words were seemed as to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Based on the initial news, they doubted what they'd heard. It was just a rumor to them. Have you ever doubted anything? Have you ever doubted your salvation? You say, oh, no, that's something I would never doubt. Listen, I may be your pastor. I might just be a preacher that you know. But there have been times in the past that I have literally doubted my salvation. They say, man, how can you do that as a preacher of God's word? How can you do that? Uh, uh, well, maybe you're on that journey today as well. You see, when I doubted, I had to go and search the scripture to find proof. You see, my salvation is not based upon feelings. It's not based upon circumstances. My salvation and your salvation must be based upon your faith in Jesus Christ, in the Word of God. And when Jesus says that He is the way, the truth, and the life, when He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I know the Word of God is true. I know I can trust it because it's Jesus' words Himself. And I know that I have salvation and eternal life. Because I have called upon the name of the Lord. Not because I feel like I'm saved. Not because the circumstances prove out that I'm saved. But because the word of God says definitely that I pass from death into life. That I know I'm saved because I've called upon the name of the Lord. So even John the Baptist doubted Jesus. Did you know that? He was the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus said there's no other prophet like him that's ever been. I mean, he was the echelon of of the prophets of their day. He was able to introduce to the world the coming Messiah. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But while he was in prison toward the end of his life, he sent some of his men down to talk to Jesus. They said, go down and ask him, is he the one or do we need to be searching for another? If a man like that can doubt the relationship to Jesus. Doubt that Jesus is who he really is. Anyone today can doubt it as well. And we have to base it on the words of Jesus and the truth that comes from God's word. Now, scripture on how to overcome that uh, particular doubt, John 5, 39 says this, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that may testify of me. If you want to know if you've got salvation, search the scripture. See if your life and what you've done panned out to what the word of God says in order to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Have you ever doubted the presence of God in your life? Have, have there been a time in your life maybe when you felt a little bit forsaken? You know, I think we've all kind of reached that at different times as well. Hebrews 13, 5 says, He that has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll never leave thee or forsake you. That's the words of Jesus Christ. So when we feel like sometimes that uh, we, we don't have the presence of God in our life, we feel forsaken. Just understand, he's right there with us the entire time. Also, have you ever doubted the, large, the Lord's work in your life? Or maybe in the life of someone else. Acts 17, 29 says, For in him, that's Jesus, for in him we live and move and have our being. The Lord is behind all things and in all things, even sometimes when we feel like that He, we, our work is in vain. Now that's the first leg of the journey, doubt, that we've all went through it sometime or another, more than likely. I believe we have. Now the second leg of the journey I've called Highway 2. Highway number two is disappointment. We go from doubt to disappointment. Verse 21, 
the disciples on the road to Emmaus is talking. We trusted that it had been he who should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Three days later, their dreams are completely shattered. They were disappointed. And uh, even with disappointment in their life, they're still traveling the journey toward what will wind up being encouragement. Have you ever been disappointed in your life? Have your, has your expectations ever been shattered? I mean, I've been disappointed with God. You say, oh, no, surely you've not been disappointed with God. You know something? I'm human. And sometimes God don't do what I want him to do. And I'm not on his advisory council. Uh, he doesn't call me up and ask me what today needs to be weather-wise or, or what he needs to do today or, or what needs to go on today. He doesn't call me up and ask that. I just got to trust him. And sometimes what he does disappoints me just a little bit. But I know I can trust on him. Have you ever been disappointed with others? Man, all you got to do is pastor, preach a while. You'll get disappointed with people. If you deal in business, you'll get disappointed with people. It happens an awful lot. Where something, somebody said something or did something or didn't do something or didn't say something that disappointed you. Well, 1 Peter 5 and 7 can be the cure for disappointment when the Lord says, Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. That is a cure for that leg of disappointment. So on this journey, these disciples have went from doubt to disappointment to the third leg of a journey that I call highway number three. It's despair, the road of despair, the loss of hope. They've went from the fact that they doubted to the point that they were disappointed, that their dreams were shattered, to the point that they were totally in despair, that they had a loss of all the hope. You see, that's when they were overwhelmed by that loss of hope that brought despair. Luke 24, verse 23 and 24. And they found not his body. They came saying that they also had a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and they found it even so as the women had said. For him, though, they did not see him. And when they saw this, you've got to know they were in despair. They had a loss of hope. Well, that cure can be found in Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. We trouble, we glory in trouble or tribulations because it brings despair. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patient, we have to to have some trust to go through the despair and patience experience, the ability to make it through and then experience hope with the assurance from God and hope maketh not ashamed. Listen to this, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That's the encouragement by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost which is given unto it. These believers were in despair. They had lost all hope. The Lord had, had just spoken a word of hope to them, or he will be. Uh, when we lose hope, the Lord will come and speak a word to us as well. Hope comes through the word of God. Search the scriptures, you'll find it. It comes through godly friends. Sometimes somebody's got to step up beside you, put their arms around you, or call you and encourage you in some way. Hope comes through prayer. When we get alone and have communion with God, we get that hope back from even the very loss of hope or despair in our life. So we've taken the journey here. We've went on highway number one, doubt. 
We went on highway number two, disappointment, and we've taken highway number three, despair, the loss of all hope. So we need a little bit of discouragement as we go along. We've actually went, I think, from bad to worse as we go along on this particular journey in life. So with this now, let's take a turn in the other direction on this journey of encouragement or discouragement. Let's take a turn toward encouragement brought about by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This to me, this is a little humorous, but it's also mysterious because Jesus comes right along beside them, walks and talks with them, and they don't recognize who he is. Their face was veiled. They were not able to see because of the disappointment in their life, because of what was going on. They were not able to see that this was Jesus. And so many times, even today, we, we're traveling our road of discouragement, and Jesus has come right along beside us through the form of the Word or the Spirit or someone else, and, and He's encouraged. And we don't recognize it's Jesus Himself that's talking to us. That's what's happened here. And verses 27, through 29. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh to the village, whither they went, and he made it as though he would go a little bit further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Now notice, he's speaking a word of truth to them. Uh, the word of the Lord. What sections, you know, he's talking a little bit about it, but we don't know exactly what sections of the word he's talking about. Doesn't matter. He's in the book from Genesis to Revelation anyway. So he's explaining to himself. A lot of times when we need encouragement, we need somebody to come along beside us and speak the word to us. The word represents truth. And the speaking the truth is necessary. If you don't speak the truth to me, if you come along beside me and only tell me what I want to hear, you're just giving me a false hope. It won't last. But the truth from God's word will last. It may hurt, but it sometimes necessary. It may even be confusing to these disciples. I think the word he spoke to them got a little bit confusing to them, but they received the word. It, it intrigued them. It, it got their attention so much so that they invited him in. Oh, praise the Lord. Sometimes when encouragement comes our way, and we hear the truth from God's word. We need to begin to open our heart and invite the word of God into our heart that it takes hold, that it begins to move us just a little bit. Uh, you know, when we lose so much sometimes that the words just go by without affecting us and it's like water sometimes off a duck back. It's just words. But this time the word of the Lord is needed and the word of the Lord needs to be received. So they're, they're hearing it and they're receiving it. And then we go to the next leg on that journey. They begin, they take him in their house and we see the discovery turning turn of the road, the discovery turn of the road. It's, it's their aha moment, if you please. In verses 30 through 32, it came to pass that as they set it meat with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes was open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. 
And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us as he talked with us on the way while he opened up us the scriptures? You see, the word of God took hold here. Uh, they recognized the hope that was before them. Oh, when we begin to recognize the hope that is laid out before us, it makes a difference in our life. Well, they recognized it when they saw Jesus break that bread and pour that juice. It, it's, it, 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 they, they recognized something they had not seen in him before. Maybe they were there in that upper room when he took that bread and, and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Maybe they were there when he poured that juice and said, this is my blood, uh, the blood of the New Testament, the blood that's remission of your sin. Maybe that brought it to their attention, but something happened there that stirred up that hope and they accepted that hope and they accepted that encouragement and something happened. You know what happened? The word of encouragement stirred their heart. It made a difference. Have you ever been around somebody when you're discouraged and they, they speak a word of encouragement to you and man, it just kind of, it kind of perks you up a little bit. It kind of puts a little fire in the, in the stove and gets it burning real good. <clears throat> They've been so many times <clears throat> that I've got through preaching a sermon and I thought, man, I need to go to apologize to God. Uh, I, I, I absolutely did a disgrace to God by the message that I preached today. I wasn't prepared enough. I must not have been prayed up enough. Uh, it just—it was just like the words were falling right off the pulpit, going right straight down. Nothing was going out into the audience. Nothing was being received. Oh, I get so discouraged from that. And I begin to walk out the door and somebody comes alongside and they point out one part of that sermon. This made a difference in my life. Or later in the week, somebody will call me and say, man, what you said made a difference, this particular word you said. And suddenly that word stirs my heart. I'm ready to go again next Sunday. I don't care if I didn't feel like it was pitiful last Sunday. I'm ready to go next Sunday because it encouraged somebody. It did something worthwhile to somebody's life. And that's what happened. They listened to the word and they allowed it to come into their heart and stir their heart up. Now, the final leg of the journey is distribution. Distribution of the encouragement they've got. I covered that last Sunday. How that God is a God of encouragement and we are to encourage others with the same encouragement he gave us. That's what we're looking at here. They see that word of encouragement and they pass it on. Look at verse 33 through 35. And there arose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together with them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they took what things was done in the way, and, no, and how he had known of them in the breaking of bread. Look at the priority of encouragement in those few words right there. It says, and, and it's like they saw the encouragement, said the same hour. Now you remember if you're reading the scripture, they invited Jesus into their heart, as it was approaching evening time. So it's almost dark. And they approach him in around dusk and they sit down and he reveals to them who he is and it comes into their heart and stirs their heart. And there's so much priority here that it's at the same hour. They didn't wait till the next day. Uh, they didn't wait till the next weekend. They were ready to go at that time and said the same hour they took off back to Jerusalem. Now, it was a seven mile trip 
from Jerusalem to Emmaus. That meant it was a seven-mile trip back. Now, if you walk an average of two and a half hour, uh, miles an hour, it would take a pretty good while to make that back, wouldn't it? About three hours? Well, it said they made it within an hour. They weren't walking. It was such a priority. They had to be running. I don't know how old they were. If they were like me, man, their heart was beating fast. They were breathing with all their might, but they had to get back and they had to tell somebody, hey, I've seen the Lord. Hey, I've been with the Lord. He made a difference. Let me tell you, the encouragement came. The hope came back in my life. i got to share this hope that I got with you that the Lord is risen indeed. And that's where they get to the presentation of that encouragement. Uh, they get to it and they said, the Lord indeed is risen. We saw him. We heard him. And this is what he said. How many times do we need to get up off of our do-nothing attitude? Get up off the couch where we're laying or the recliner. I can tell you my age when I'm telling you about a recliner. The recliner we're sitting in. Throw that remote down to that TV. Get up and pass on the word of God that he's given us. That word of encouragement. Hey, I saw him. Hey, he's my Lord. Hey, you can see him. Hey, you can be your Lord just like he is mine. The priority got so strong that they had to go and pass it on through this presentation of encouragement. They had traveled the road of discouragement. They went through doubt. They went through disappointment. They went through despair. They heard the word of the Lord in dialogue as the word was spoken to them out of the Old Testament scriptures and they heard it. They recognized the Lord and received his word. That aha moment come when they received it and recognized Jesus as the resurrected Lord. Then they ran back and distributed that word of encouragement to others as they passed it on. Now the summary here is simply, you have been encouraged Go and encourage somebody else. That's the same summation we had last week. As God of encouragement has encouraged you, you go and encourage someone else. Let's end with verse 36. Verse 36 says this. As they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now he just gave hope to a few disciples on the road to Emmaus. Now he comes into a room where all of his disciples are gathered and he distributes his hope to them. Isn't it amazing how hope multiplies? One person with a smile on their face can get more people smiling. One word of encouragement can branch into a lot of spread words of encouragement. Well, these others, they saw the Lord. They heard him speak this peace into them and all the discouragement and despair cannot exist in the presence of the Lord. If we will remain in the presence of the Lord, as I gave that passage of Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, if we will do that, if we will trust the Lord, the discouragement that's all around us will seem as nothing as we receive encouragement from the Lord Jesus himself as he speaks peace to our heart just like he did to these disciples. We hope you enjoyed, were enriched, encouraged, and edified by this sermon from Brother Larry Treadway. Join us next week as Brother Larry continues his series, Encouragement for the Journey. Many of his other teachings and sermons can be found in the Sermon Audio Archive on our website at www.portlandgbc.org. Again, that's www.portlandgbc.org.
www.ghostsandmysticsradio.org. Most of these recordings can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. Each week, our Sunday School lessons and sermons are available on our YouTube channel as well. Just search for Portland General Baptist Church on your favorite platform. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.